0: Of scripture that we're going to be looking at today. This is God's word to us from the book of Acts, chapter 2, beginning in verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this amazing picture of what the church can be like. And we pray that you would speak to each of our hearts tonight, that you would, you would come, Holy Spirit, and, and, and soften our hearts to receive and to hear what you have for us individually and as a church. So I, I offer myself to you. Speak through me, I pray, your heart for this church. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. So before, uh, before we jump into the message, I, um, I wanted to celebrate a couple of really cool things um, that um, have happened this last week, or actually last several weeks. But uh, one, last week we had an Alpha Weekend. We'd never done that before, just to highlight Alpha and, and talk about that amazing class and the impact it can have in people's lives Usually we have about 35 people um, that attend each Alpha class. We had 90 people show up on Tuesday. Uh, So 90 people at at Alpha, which was so, so cool. Um, The other thing I wanted to just celebrate is the amazing generosity Demonstrated towards Christ Community in December, you can see the numbers for yourself um, in the newsletter. We finally have year in numbers there, but because of the generosity of so many of you, our year-to-date budget deficit was almost completely erased. Uh, so, thank you for partnering with Christ Community and all that God wants to do here. So, speaking of what God wants to do here, there's, this is a significant day in the life of our church. I'm going to be talking about vision, um, not only for our church but also for each of our lives. What is the journey that Jesus is inviting us to pursue? Now, I honestly wish I could be sitting across a table at Zoe's with each one of you, having a cup of coffee, uh, just talking about these things, but this will have to do. Um, for me, <clears throat> vision is not primarily about flip charts and cool visuals and all that. It's really about your journey with Jesus and my journey with Jesus and how those intersect so that we can move forward in this journey together as, as a church. This is, this is my heart. It is for each one of us to personally engage in and be transformed by the purpose that God is calling us to. Now, I can honestly say that this, this message, this vision has been shaping me for the past several months, not just in the vision itself, but in how we got to this place. So for years, My leadership style has been pretty typical of most senior pastors. um, When it comes to vision, senior pastor goes up on a retreat in the mountains uh, and reads some books and prays and then comes down a few days later, comes down the mountain with God's vision for the church for the next few years. Um, And that's pretty much how vision happened around here. Obviously, I would talk to people and get input from people. but, But at the end of the day, it was pretty much a I have a dream sort of approach. Now let's implement it. But something in my heart uh, began to shift a few years ago, and I can actually pinpoint the day it happened. I remember I was at a marriage retreat with Raylene, and and Raylene and I were at this marriage retreat, and we had some quiet time one morning to be with the Lord, just to spend with the Lord. It was January, almost three years ago to the day, actually of today, so January of 2017. And I was sitting with the Lord And I was tuning into my heart and, and I started to ask this question, what, what do I want? What, what do I want? And I began to journal some of the desires of my heart. And this was the first thing that I wrote in my journal that day. I want to be a part of a team of visionary leaders who prayerfully discern and dream the strategic and unique purpose God has for Christ's community in the next five to seven years. So God was stirring in my heart a longing to lead differently, to not be the sole visionary leader who descends from the mountain with the five-year plan. He was stirring in my heart this longing to be part of a team that together dreams and discerns God's vision for our church. And I became increasingly convinced that this was actually a more biblically healthy way to lead. After all, we're a body with different perspectives and different gifts and and, and no one person has all the answers. Um, we're, we're in this journey together. So, several months ago, I began to pull together a team, a very diverse team of leaders on our staff. Nine people representing three ethnicities, multiple generations, both men and women. And we began to pray and seek God about his vision for the future of Christ's community. We started with this question. Who are we as a church? Uniquely, who are, who's God calling us to be as a church? What, what, and what vision is he uniquely calling us to pursue? So over the past few months, this team, we have spent hours together in prayer, in fasting, in dreaming, in brainstorming, in robust dialogue and pushback. And what began to happen was the exact thing that had been stirring in my heart these past three years. We began to transition from I have a dream to we have a dream. We have a dream. And I confess, I was a little um, nervous at first about what this kind of collaboration would look like and result in because in a very real sense, I was surrendering my singular authority as senior pastor to this team. And that felt a little bit scary. But I want you to know that I have found these last few months to be one of the most energizing seasons in my ministry here. I was honestly amazed at the unified vision that emerged from this team of diverse leaders, a purpose that we all are excited about pursuing together as a church. So today, today I want to share this big, the big picture vision we believe God is calling our church to pursue. And again, as you will see, this is an invitation to all of us. It's an invitation to all of us to go deeper in our journey with Jesus. So in the midst of this process, there was one scripture passage that we return to again and again and again. This incredibly inspiring picture of what God intended the church to be, of what a church could look like. It's the passage that I read just a few moments ago from the book of Acts chapter 2. It's really the first picture we have of the, in the Bible of a New Testament church. It's the first picture we have of a New Testament church. 3,000 people had come to Christ, and they were filled with the Spirit of God, and they began to meet together and do life together and to experience Jesus together in this amazingly powerful way. And the more time our team spent reflecting on this passage, the more it inspired us to pursue being a church like that. So in the process of being inspired by this passage and spending hours whiteboarding and dialoguing and, and praying, there were three themes, three uh, passions, three core statements that, that emerged. One is this. All things with Christ. All things with Christ. One of the things that is happening in Acts 2 is this dynamic experiential continuous relationship with Jesus. This was an everyday every moment reality experiencing life with Jesus, See, this, this is what the Holy Spirit does in anyone who repents of their sin and places their trust in Jesus. He comes to live in us. And so this is why, before the day of Pentecost, Jesus gathered his disciples, right before he was going to be crucified, and, and in John 14, he says to them, it's actually good that I'm going away. It is a good thing that I'm going away, because when I go away, I'm going to send my Presence. I'm going to send my spirit. Look at verse uh, John 14, verse 16 and following. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. For he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me and I am in you. This is absolutely mind-blowing what Jesus is saying here. The intimate union that he has with the Father is a union that he actually invites us into as well. He says, you are in me, and I am in you. And the Holy Spirit is the one who actually makes this union possible. The Holy Spirit is the presence of Jesus. So in Acts chapter 2, this promise happens. We see people who are living out this new reality of the Spirit of Jesus, living in them and being with them. There is a joy. There is a vibrancy. There is an atmosphere for the miraculous. There is the fruit of the Spirit. See, what we see here is at the heart of the Christian life, being with Jesus. Walking with Jesus. Jesus as his beloved sons and daughters. This is what John Eldredge, um author John Eldridge, refers to as the epicenter of the spiritual life. And I think he is absolutely right. A life with Christ. This is the epicenter of the spiritual life. But we often miss this. I was thinking the other day of the little Christmas carol um, that, we, that we sing, Away in a Manger, and there's this line, and fit us for heaven... To live with thee there. I've probably sung that a thousand times, but it struck me the other day that's not the goal. That's not the goal. Our goal is not to get to heaven. In Revelation chapter 21, we see that the new Jerusalem comes to us, heaven comes to earth. See, this is the trajectory of what God is doing. Jesus came to earth, not to rescue us from the earth, but to bring his kingdom to the earth. And this kingdom, Jesus says, is within you and me. It's within us. The life God invites us to experience and to enjoy is a life of union with Jesus, all things with Christ. We are with Jesus at our workplace. We are with Jesus in our home. We are with Jesus in every relational encounter. We are with Jesus as we are driving. We are with Jesus at the grocery store. We are with Jesus in our confusion and our grief and our pain and our doubts and our fears. Jesus is walking with us. All things with Christ. This is the life we as a church want to cultivate and celebrate An experience, this is the purpose we as a church want you to pursue and all of us to pursue, a journey in which every part of your life is experienced with Jesus, every part experienced with Jesus. Now, Jesus himself uses a very powerful analogy to describe this kind of life, and this is how we know it's so important, and he does so right in the middle of this Holy Spirit section in John 14 to 16. This whole section in John 15, right in the middle of it, Jesus describes a spiritual life. This is the essence of the spiritual life. He describes it in terms of a vine and a branch. He's the vine and we're the branches. So how does a branch bear fruit? By remaining connected to the vine. If a branch decides to branch out on its own, it will shrivel up. It will shrivel up. It's life and nourishment come from the vine, which is why Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Jesus is inviting us into this vital, vibrant union with him all things with Christ. So how do we more and more live in this reality? Well, that's what we as a church want to pursue together. That's what we want to pursue together. It it involves practices like stillness and solitude, which we looked at last fall. And we talked about a couple of weeks ago, the Take 20 Challenge, this challenge to spend 20 minutes a day with God, every day with God this year. We have a handout. If you you weren't here for that, we have a handout of the info area if you want to know more about that. It involves learning how to better hear the Spirit's voice. It involves living in our identity as beloved sons and daughters. That's who we are. But are we living in that identity, sons and daughters of God? It involves being more and more aware of Jesus' presence with you wherever you go and saying yes to his Spirit. This is the kind of life we as a church want to pursue. This is the kind of life we want every person in our church to experience. All things with Christ. Now, another core statement, another theme that emerged from our futures team was this. As a thriving family. As a thriving family. One of the dynamics that is so evident in the Acts 2 passage we read earlier, is their experience of relationship with one another. They are meeting together in people's homes. They are eating meals together. They share, they're sharing stories about God's goodness. When someone is in financial need, another person actually sells something so that they can meet that financial need. Everyone is pitching in, everyone is contributing. And so when I look at that description, when I look at that description in Acts, in Acts chapter two, the word that comes to my mind is family. That's what's happening. They're, that's what healthy families do, they spend time together, they accept and they celebrate one another, they, they all contribute in various ways, they're willing to acknowledge their own need, and, and then at other times they're willing to help another person who has a need. See, what we see in Acts chapter 2 is a very large church, again, 3,000 people, a very large church that's being a thriving family. That's what we're seeing. We see there there being a thriving family where everyone is welcome, everyone is included, everyone is celebrated, everyone contributes. See that this word family as a description of what the church could be like really resonated with our futures team more than the word community. Talk a lot about community and that's totally fine but the word family really resonated with our team. We were inspired by this idea of our church actually being this kind of family where over the top, redemptive hospitality is happening, people feeling welcomed and accepted, needs being made aware of, and then other people stepping in and meeting those needs, where everyone is participating out of their own gifts and abilities and resources. So in order to pursue this vision, our our team realized realized we need to grow in relational accessibility, relational accessibility, in making it, it as easy as possible for people to connect relationally whether that's through small groups or through affinity gatherings or potlucks or whatever. See, our heart is for every person who attends Christ's community to feel that they are a part of a family. For every person here to feel that they're a part of a family. In a society where a significant percentage of children grow up in a broken or dysfunctional home, in a society where more and more people are connected to lots of people through social media, but also feel increasingly isolated and alone, in a society like that, the church can be that family that they long for. The church can be the family that they long for. Now, this family idea is also a critical part of God's purpose His purpose is on the earth. His purpose is not just to be with us. That's a critical part of it, but it's not the only part. It's not just to be with us. His desire is to actually create this kind of family on earth as a manifestation of his presence. Okay, so this is why in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, check this out. It says, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but your fellow citizens, but not only fellow citizens with God's people, you're also members of his household. You're members of his family. To become a holy temple in the Lord. Now this temple language here, it's really significant. In another place, Paul talks about the temple being our individual body, being a temple of God. That is absolutely true. That's not what Paul is saying here. The temple analogy is huge. In the Old Testament, the temple was the dwelling place of God's presence. If you wanted to experience God's presence, you had to go to the temple, right? The temple was the dwelling place of God's presence. So notice what Paul is saying here. The church, this household, this family, is now the dwelling place of God's presence. Again, his goal is not to rescue us from the big bad world. No, it is to bring his presence in a greater way here on earth as it is in heaven on earth as it is in that's the trajectory of God's purpose and to do so he wants to do so through his church being a thriving family in which he dwells that's how he wants to do this now i know often the initial reaction to this is well how could that ever be possible in church our size i fully believe it's possible I fully believe it's possible. Well, I mean, in Acts 2, there were 3,000 people there. It was happening. Okay? I know this is possible, but it's going to require some outside-the-box thinking, some paradigms changing, some things changing, and, and, and outside-the-box thinking, and it's also going to require an army of Christ community people who are passionate about this and who are wanting to make a, be a part of making this happen. It is, this is not something the staff can do. This is going to require an army of Christ community people who are passionate about making this church that kind of an experience for people, and helping just make that happen. So our heart, our heart is to enfold as many people as possible into this kind of thriving family, this place of welcome, this place of benevolence, this place of hospitality and love. In fact, next week, we're starting a teaching series entitled Closer, cultivating emotionally healthy relationships. If we want to grow in being this kind of thriving family, we need to be healthy in how we relate to other people. So I can't wait. I cannot wait to dive in to that series to dive into that teaching series next week. Okay, so all things with Christ as a thriving family is one other core theme that emerged from are dreaming and praying, and that is this, for all people. For all people. In Acts chapter 2, we see that these 3,000 people who came to Christ, they were from different um, regions, they spoke different languages, and now all of a sudden they're united in Christ. They're united in Christ. Uh, They they receive Christ and they're, they're united in him. And notice verse 47, this is so powerful, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. See, this thriving, spiritually life family was attractive to the people who saw this. There was, there was a winsomeness about this. There was an attractiveness about people living in this kind of family. And they wanted to be a part of that. And so the Lord was adding to their number daily people who were, yeah, I'll say yes to Jesus. I want to be a part of what he's doing in the midst, again, in the midst of a culture that is increasingly polarized and hateful and divisive and angry, in the midst of a culture where anxiety and self-hatred and depression are rampant, imagine the impact of a group of people who are experiencing life with Christ as a thriving family. And who are wanting to enfold as many people as possible into this family. This, obviously, this has been the heartbeat. If you've been around a while, you know this has been the heartbeat of Christ's community for decades. But we want this to not only continue, we want it to grow. We actually want to grow in impact as we look to the future. Wouldn't it be amazing? Wouldn't it be amazing if in our city, the number of refugee families that feel isolated and alone would actually decrease as we pursue this vision wouldn't it be amazing if the suicide rate the suicide rate in our city decreased because we are pursuing this vision wouldn't it be amazing if the percentage of children feeling alone in our community actually decreased because of this vision. Wouldn't it be amazing if hundreds more people came to know Jesus because we are pursuing this vision? Wouldn't it be amazing if a thousand more leaders in Africa and Middle East and South America were trained through our ITI because we are pursuing this vision? See, these are the kinds of things that can happen as we pursue this vision together and we enfold more and more people into this life-giving family that Jesus has provided for us. See, our our ultimate purpose in this life with Christ as a thriving family is to reach people who don't know Jesus, who have not yet experienced his welcome and his love. So here, here is our vision. All things with Christ as a thriving family for all people. This is the vision that we want to pursue. Now, this is not just words on a paper get, or, or images on a screen or whatever. We're actually, we're actually in the process of organizing teams around various aspects of these themes in order to more fully go after this vision. These are not just words. We're actually organizing teams so that we can go after this more fully. I mean, I can't wait, I can't wait to wholeheartedly pursue this vision with you. Now, there's one other aspect, or one, a- one other aspect to this I wanna talk about, and that has to do with our West property. As most of you know, seven months ago, we were able to purchase, with cash, 10 acres of very strategic property at Promontory with the goal of building a permanent West campus on that site in order to have a more regional presence. Now this expanding impact is still very much our heartbeat. But, but in the visioning process over the past several months with the Futures team, in the visioning process, we've also felt that this vision of being a thriving family is a vision that we can fully pursue right now in our current situation and facility. There is room to grow here in these things and to gain momentum in these things, which we believe will ultimately set us up better for a West development in the future. So we feel that there is wisdom in hitting the pause button on the West development and reevaluating this in a couple of years. I honestly believe we have followed the Lord every step of the way in this process. And, 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 and he has a purpose for Christ's community, and he has a purpose for that 10 acres. But honestly, we're not exactly sure what that looks like. So many things have changed over the past five years since we began pursuing this, this vision to multiply. So many things have changed. I mean, culture is dramatically changing in terms of how people engage church. There are financial realities of building a multi-million dollar facility when, the, when there is actually room to grow in our current facility. So again, this is not a no. Please hear me. This is not a no regarding a future West development of Promontory. But it is a strategic pause. It's a strategic pause. We believe that God's vision for that property will be made clearer to us in the future, and that his heart for us right now is to focus on being the church he wants us to be. See, this vision that God has given us is not facility-driven. It's people-driven. It's not facility-driven. It is people-driven. Now, I know this may feel disappointing, To some of you, many of us gave financially towards this vision and have been eager to see something happen at Promontory. I totally get that and I share some of that. But I also, I also don't want us to pursue a five year old vision when there isn't clarity about what that West vision looks like today. Now, it could feel like all that money that was given hasn't done anything, but it has. It has. With with the money that was given, we've been able to invest a million dollars of that in ministry overseas, as well as $300,000 of that in local outreach initiatives, plus we were able to purchase this amazing property at Promontory with cash. I, I feel like we are well positioned to pursue God's vision for West when he makes that clear to us. So if you have any questions about this, or you just want to process this further, feel free to shoot me an email. I mean it. Serious? Shoot me an email, and uh, we can set up a time. We can grab coffee uh, at Zoe's, and we can visit further about this. So I, I am so I'm so energized about this new season, and I'm eager to pursue this renewed vision God has given our church. Now, if you've been around here any length of time, you may be wondering, well, what happens to our old vision statement? You know, changing people's stories or the gospel, spirit, mission focus, those things. Those have served us really well for the past several years. But I, but I felt very strongly that it was time for us to look afresh at what God is calling our church to pursue and to discern that vision in a collaborative way. So here we are at the beginning of a new decade with a renewed and refocused vision of what is on God's heart for us as a church to wholeheartedly pursue Together, so so let's read this statement out loud together. Read this with me, if you would. All things with Christ, as a thriving family, for all people. Let's pray. So I want I want us to enter into this. Um, I know we're processing a lot, probably, and processing what we've heard. And I want I want us to. Enter into a time where we can pray for these things to happen in a greater way at Christ's community. In your own life, as well as in our church. So there's probably a dual dynamic in our prayer time here. Part of it's gonna be, okay, what is God saying to you? What is he calling you to grow in? And also, what, is, what can we pray into for our church as a whole? So let's start with this all things with Christ. We think about Acts two and the vibrancy, the life. Every day they're meeting together, there's a vibrancy, there's a love for Jesus that is just bubbling up in them. This awareness that they are with Christ. Every moment of every day, the spirit is with them and because of that, Jesus is with them. So let's take a moment and I want you to reflect upon this just personally, initially what would it look like for you to more and more experience all things with Christ? Let's just ask the Lord to do that in you. And now would you take a moment and pray that for our church, for every person in this church, the people sitting to the right of you, to the left of you, the people here, this whole church, that we would more and more experience this kind of life, all things with Christ. Father, we together want to pray into this first statement. We want this this John 15 life, all things with Christ abiding in you in everything we do. We pray that you would continue to remove this distinction we've made in our minds between the sacred and the secular. Oh, that's that's a sacred thing. I'm in church. Oh, this is a secular thing. I'm at work. Would you remove that so that we would experience all of life all of life with Christ at work, at home, on the golf course, when we're fishing, when we're running, when we're, we're driving around town, we're shopping, whatever it is, Lord, all things with Christ. Help us grow in this, not only individually, but as a community. As a community. Now secondly, I want us to pray for this, this second core statement here. As a thriving family, as a thriving family. Let's pray into that, that into this, this, this church that more and more people would experience Christ's community as a family where they are welcomed and celebrated and everyone's contributing and, and, and there's a sense of needs are being met and benevolence and hospitality, all of that. So would you take a moment just in the quiet of your heart and pray for that to increase for this church. And I mentioned a moment ago that the only way this is going to happen is just an army of Christ community people embrace this. And so would you pray, just ask the Lord, Lord, what what part can I play in making this happen for more and more people to experience Christ community as a family? What, What part can I play? So just ask the Lord that if there's anything he lays on your heart, why don't you just pray into that? Lord, we know this is your heart for the church to be the dwelling place of your spirit as your household, as your sons and daughters. And we pray for that, that you would help us as a church move forward in this vision to be a thriving family and the presence of God dwelling in this thriving family. And now I want us to transition for the for all people. And here's what I want you to do before we start praying about this: I want you just in your mind's eye, gaze around, just in your in your mind, gaze around your neighborhood, your community, whatever city you happen to live in, and see it through the eyes of Jesus. The people, the children that go to the school nearby, and how many of them are in in broken homes, and never hear words of affirmation or love. Or people maybe who are from a different country who are trying to adjust to life in this culture. Or people where you know their marriages are struggling, or their children are struggling. To see for a moment, through the eyes of Jesus around you, where you live, And would you pray for those people that they would be enfolded, that they would come to know Christ and be enfolded and experience the love of Jesus in a thriving spiritual family like Christ's community. Would you pray for them? we confess we get so busy with life that we stop seeing honestly we hit the garage door opener we drive in our garage we hit it again we don't see often we don't see with your eyes would you open our eyes to see the need around us the people around us in our community that don't know you They feel lonely and isolated, maybe unaccepted, unloved, whatever it is. Lord, we pray, we pray for those people that we would be the heart of Jesus to them. And Lord, we are asking you in this coming decade that hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people would come to know you in a personal way because of this vision we're pursuing together. We pray that the Lord, you would add to their number daily those who are being saved. Would you do that, God? Would you do that, God? So we love you. We need you, Lord. And we thank you just at the beginning of this new decade, this this vision that you have given to us as a church to go after, And we pray for it to happen through your strength. We love you. We love you, God. Use each one of us, use our church to accomplish your purposes on earth, your kingdom coming. So one of the things that was happening, you can go ahead and look up here for a sec. One of the things that was happening in Acts 2 is the breaking of bread. It's in that first line in verse 42. It talks about they were devoted to the breaking of bread and prayer. Um, Many scholars believe that that phrase is not just referring to eating meals together, which is described later in the passage. Many scholars believe that that was actually a description of the Lord's Supper, of the partaking, where as believers in Jesus they would partake of the bread and the wine in remembrance of all that Christ had done, the bread representing his body given for us on the cross, and the wine or the juice representing his blood shed for us. In this new covenant, so that we so that our sins are forgiven and we are his beloved sons and daughters without having to perform. We are received into his family. That's what his blood and body represent. So I can't think of a better way for our church family to launch this new vision that we are pursuing together than than to partake of the Lord's Supper as a family, remembering what Christ has done and eagerly anticipating what he will do in in our midst. So in just a moment, the worship team is going to lead us in worship and as part of that we're going to partake of the Lord's Supper as a family. You don't need to be a a member of Christ's community to partake if you have placed your trust in Jesus we invite you to the table if you've never done that why not do it now open your heart to Jesus say yes to him to come live in you to forgive your sin and to transform you. You can open your heart and just let him in So logistically, the way this works, there are tables at the back and tables at the front. Um, And we're going to do this the same way we've done it the last few times. Um, So we're going to do this as a family. And so we need, why don't we all stand? Let's stand. And we need volunteers. We just need uh, two people at every table. It's very simple. We need one person for the bread and one person for the juice at each table. So we need two, four, six, eight up here. And ate back there. So if you would be willing to just serve, all you need to do is stay during the first song and just serve people. So just come up to a table if you would. I'm gonna just wait until they're filled, because we, we don't have any plants in the audience to fill this, so we really need volunteers. Awesome. We're filled here. We can we have it over here. Looks like we're covered there. Maybe a couple people there. And so one of you at a table will take the bread. The other person will just hold the juice. You don't need to say anything. But as people come up, you're going to be just holding that, the elements before them, serving them. And the servers, I would just ask that you would just stay in, your, in that place until the first song is done. Um, and then you can go ahead quietly go back to your seat. So let me pray for us. Are we covered at the back? Are we good? Okay, awesome. Let me, let me pray for us. God, thank you. Thank you for Jesus. It's because of Jesus that we are adopted into this family. It's because of your blood that our sins are forgiven, that we are your beloved sons and daughters. We can live in this new identity. We can experience life as a family with your heart for all people. It's because of you, Jesus, that any of that's even possible. And so we're grateful. And so as we partake, as we come to a table, we want to remember you have done for us, Jesus, the price that you paid on the cross for us, and all that we celebrate, all the blessings that are ours because of your sacrifice. So we welcome you now, Holy Spirit, in this time of the Lord's Supper, as well as this time of worshiping you for the next few minutes. Set our hearts free to worship you, to love on you, Jesus.